All right, welcome back in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. I am Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills in for Bill today. Welcome to the rest of the network joining us for this 11 o'clock hour. We're taking you up until 2. The Brewers will be playing at 12.10 today. The game obviously available on here uh, in Madison on The Zone on radio, but the game viewing-wise only available on YouTube. So a perfect day to sit in front of the radio or wherever you are and listen to the beautiful sounds of baseball at 11.35. This show, wherever there is a Brewers affiliate, will switch off. If you want to stay with us, go to the madcitysportszone.com streaming option. We are on the Zone app. Many ways to find us, uh, many ways to keep up with the program, even when we drop off for the Brewers. So, Grant, uh, big win, good win for the Brewers last night. Jason Alexander pitches well. Uh, the offense gives two home runs, enough run support, 6-3 to three win. As I said, a very Brewers-feeling win. What did not feel very Brewers about it is that there were three rain delays. They were in Minnesota. It looked like Armageddon. The sky was dumping. People were soaked. The concourses were completely flooded. There is a lot of chatter while that is happening of everybody saying, well, why don't you put a roof on it? Why isn't there a roof there? So I decided to light the fire. There, This is a very complex issue that we will get into every angle of it. Opinions, are they don't have to be one side or the other. You could think many things at the same time. But I have put a Twitter poll question at Ben Z. Kenny, should every MLB stadium have some sort of retractable roof? Grant Bills, what say you? Well, I just voted no, so I'll lay my cards on the table. Uh, I am an, an American, and I believe in in the private ballot, the secret ballot, but I'll, I'll lay it out there. I voted no. I like baseball because all the stadiums are different, right? And I weirdly enjoy Brewers fans thinking they're superior to everyone because they have a retractable <laughs> roof, and then all the other fans thinking they're superior to the Brewers because they're outside and they have a nice view. That's fun. And if we make everything the same, right, then that goes away. And we could talk about all the other ways in which Brewers fans are different from all these other fan bases. Like we have the short porch in right field, and it's a brilliant way to convince ourselves that every signing is amazing. Well, this guy kind of <laughs> stinks, but you put him in American Family Field, he might hit a bunch of home runs. Like that's a big part of why baseball is fun is every ballpark is different and that presents in all of these different conversations. And if we make every stadium the same, that goes away and that stinks. I think that is very well said. I also think given the context of where teams play, different things are necessary. For instance, the hmm when you, I, I would say Texas, but it's so hot down there and they do have a roof. But let's say you go to St. Louis. St. Louis yeah. does not face the same weather that us here in Wisconsin and even Chicago does. It is a little more mild, especially early in the season when it's cold, it might snow a little bit, the wind is crazy. So, given the context of where teams play, I think roofs could make sense depending on where you are. In Philadelphia, for instance, the entire East Coast, no reason for one there. Yes, it rains sometimes, but still, it gets hot during the summer, it's cold during October, but that's that cold October baseball vibe. I don't need that yeah. inside. So, where I stand is, if I had to go all or nothing, either or, I would say no. It is, yes, very entertaining to see everyone lose their minds when the Brewers play a road game and it gets rained out. But also, it's like I, I feel like that's kind of a, and I don't mean to come off as condescending in any way. It's kind of a spoiled <laughs> attitude. Like, listen, 
Major League Baseball is amazing because they play every single night. That's what yeah. I love about it. Every single night, I can make dinner, sit in front of my television, and watch baseball. And honestly, I've reached the point in adulthood where not much goes on during the week that I, I get kind of mad when there's an off day. I'm sitting there during an off day, and I'm pissed. I don't know what to do. So Thanks. if a rain delay happens, number one, it means extra baseball later. And since the Brewers never have games rained out, they don't really get that. I love the idea of, oh, the game got rained out tonight. I'll find something different to do. But I get a I get a double header tomorrow, which means I can sit at work and watch half of the game while doing my work. It's a very fun way to live. So I don't know. The whole roof thing is is tough because you look at Minnesota back, I don't know how many years ago when their old stadium was taken down and they moved to Target Field. Their old stadium had a roof. And my Minnesota-based friend, big Twins fan, texted me last night. We were talking about this exact topic, and he said, yeah, us in Minneapolis, like we wanted an outdoor stadium. We didn't want to just be in in a very cookie-cutter dome setting. So I think there are many pros to having one. I also think there are cons. For instance, sometimes American Family Field is a sweat box, and it's very Mm -hmm. hard to, to take that. It's hard to complain when you're at a baseball game, but still, you find something to complain about, beer prices and that. Uh, But I don't know. I think it is so different given every city. So I want to push back at the notion of, I can't believe the Cubs are going to rain this game out. They should put a roof over Wrigley Field. The beauty of an outdoor stadium in baseball is like no other. In football, every stadium, while it may look different on TV, it kind of feels similar. Like Lambeau feels special. But overall, if you go across the country, most football stadiums feel similar. I've been to every baseball stadium on the East Coast, and now many of them through the Midwest and maybe half of the West Coast stadiums, and Mm -hmm. every one has a distinctly different feel. And I love that about it. But I will say I like the outdoor ones a little more. The views are typically better. Miller Park, when it was built, was also just built in a place where the view wasn't really a worry. Like I've been to target field for baseball games. I've been there for concerts too. And the view is really cool. And, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's wrong for twins fans to say, Hey, we can see the skyline. And that's really cool. I don't think Brewers fans should poo poo on that. That's something that you can't see outside of Miller park. Now American family field, you mentioned all these pros and cons. I think that's just a human thing, right? The grass is always going to be greener somewhere else. Like Brewers fans. Come on. You got to say, when it's a beautiful day, I don't wish it was more open, more outdoor, right? But when it's raining, it's the best thing in the world. I I think we always want a little bit of what we don't have. That's just a human condition. Like, Ben, you moved around a couple times in college, I'm assuming. I've gone back and forth from apartment to house, apartment to house. And I'm always kind of craving the things that I don't have. Like, when I'm in an apartment, I'm like, damn, I miss my yard. So I like a bird feeder, Mm -hmm. right? And when I'm in a house... It's annoying because I got to do all these repairs and I got to, right? We're we're always wanting what we don't have. I think that's a factor in baseball stadiums and the way we talk about them as well. Yes, except for the fact that there are some places you go. And for instance, Dodger Stadium, I think is, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Have you been? Yeah, many times. I, or by many, I mean four, but it is one of the most overrated stadiums in baseball. It's beautiful and it's historic and it's awesome, but the traffic is horrific getting there. And when you're there, I have never seen longer lines to get food. So I will say, you want what you don't have. Like I, There are moments where I go to other stadiums 
that are very affordable. It's very accessible to get food and easy. I don't think anywhere else I wish I had something else. Like that is one of my biggest things I need. But yeah, I'm with you there. Moving throughout college, there was always the, I had a roommate freshman year in the dorm. It's like, oh, I, I can't wait till I don't have a roommate, have my own room. Then I'm in this crap hole of a house. Oh, I can't wait till I live in a real building. And it goes on yeah. and on till you leave college. You're like, wow, real life kind of sucks. Yeah. Now I want to go back to living in a dorm. Yeah. It, it all goes full circle, right? Yeah. So I, I will say one thing about American Family Field, seeing brought up Dodger Stadium. American Family Field is practical, but it doesn't have the same feel as Wrigley or Dodger Stadium, or some of these really classic baseball stadiums. The amenities are better, but the concourse at American Family Field is way bigger than at Wrigley. Wrigley kind of feels like you're in a middle school. Like the hallway is very skinny. The concourse doesn't have a lot of space, but it has this old-timey feel that you don't really get at American Family Field. You kind of feel like you're in a spaceship, weird thing, and it lacks the charm, but it's more practical. So lots of pros and cons with all these ballparks, like I said. 877-867-1670. The Twitter poll is up at Benzie Kenny. Should every MLB stadium, after what we saw last night, have some sort of retractable roof? Right now, 58.3% say no. Around 42% say yes. Yeah, it's also kind of a to-each-his-own kind of thing because I'm a big fan of old-timey feels and kind of mucking it up, if you will. I kind of like when it's not as pristine because it's baseball. And then I think yeah. there could be something said for I 2008 World Series, Game 3, Phillies Rays. I sat through, a, I was 10 years old. I sat through a two-hour rain delay. The game started at 1030 at night. Kind of felt like I was overcoming something with the team, as did the rest of the sold-out <laughs> park. Nobody left, and we were That's there. So the game funny. started so late. It went into extra innings. It ended in the bottom of the 10th. The game ended at like 2 a.m., and we felt like we had just won that war with the team. Something to be said about the uniformity going away a little bit. And, I mean, there's like once you get to October, you need it to be cold. Like I can't do yeah. Toronto. I can't do Toronto in October because it's inside. It's different. It's still a little chilly in American Family Field in the playoffs. They keep the roof closed, so it's not windy. But it's still chilly. I think the one month of the year where Target Field really feels not having a roof is April because it's brutal. But it they shouldn't sucks. play baseball in April. That's just the larger yeah. discussion there about the state of MLB and why they have to start that. Fair. Absolutely fair. If you can't play an outside game in the Twin Cities, maybe you shouldn't be playing baseball yet. And I'm not even going to disagree with you there. But I think that's the one month of the year. It really stinks they don't have a roof. Like, there was a rain delay last night. Wasn't that the Brewers' first rain delay all season? I think Ebo said that this morning. Yeah, probably. For Ebo, I understand. You have to put the me in media somewhere. Yeah. His The way he looks at it, given he is the program director and, and the person tasked with wow. setting up all the Brewers games for our fine affiliates and station, whenever there's a rain delay, it messes everything up. So I understand where he comes from in that regard, given the fact that there are usually aren't rain delays and, and he could, you know, sleep tight at night knowing things aren't going to get messed up. Did he get paid extra yesterday? I really hope he was fairly compensated for all that extra work he did. Oh, I got to text him. I hope he's doing okay. For the rain Hold delay on. yesterday. He just popped in. I, I talked to him. Um, there was some chatter. There are, there are koozies that came out for their morning show and I called them ugly because it had their logo on it. 
and that's what, causing what some internal strife. Hey, he called me not a company guy. I'm a company guy more than any. You wow. know what I mean? All right, 877-867-1670. Where do you stand on this roof thing? Uh, do you think the overall mindset of every time it rains, everyone rushes to Twitter and says, put a roof on it. Are you with it? Are you against it? I find myself normally against it because I like the beauty and the personality that all the different ballparks have. Some of them, you just know when you go, you might get rained out, but that's part of the experience. You take the good with the bad. That's where I stand. 877-867-1670. Coming up a little bit later, Grant, I wanted to get to this. It is college football has made a lot of waves, obviously, with conference realignment. There's been a lot talked about what the Big Ten could look like, what the SEC could look like, what comes next with Notre Dame, with the Pac-12. Zach Halpern and I spent pretty much a full day Friday on that. There is something that came out today that I think is more important than anything else in the college football world right now. It's something that not enough people really talk about, and it has to do with who can truly contend in the sport this season and in the future. This goes back to... Do you think Wisconsin should compete? Blah, blah, blah. Should they go over this hump? All of this theoretical talk about what Wisconsin can achieve. An article came out today. It's an annual article, and I love it. I bookmark it in my calendar, and it came out today looking ahead to this season. Who can really compete in college football this year? We're going to talk about that coming up. I am very interested to get into this and to talk, and it raises great questions around what Wisconsin needs to do or whether we as fans maybe expect a little too much. So that's coming up next. We can take your calls on roofs if you so please. 877-867-1670. It is Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels show, the Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill today with you up until two o'clock. We will then be back tomorrow and Friday. Bill back from vacation this coming Monday. I wish he was here for the roof discussion, All right, but maybe I'll get his thoughts on it as we go into next week. 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phones. Doug and Madison, what's going on? Oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, I just wanted to comment. Uh, lived in Minnesota for 20 years, been 20 years here in Wisconsin. I love both states very much. But um, I think with the Minnesota Stadium, I think they did want a retractable roof, ideally. But with the cost, I think they just funded the Viking Stadium and a new Gophers football stadium. And I think they'd also just tax-funded uh, St. Paul Saints Stadium. So unless Steve Ballmer is your owner, I think they were like, nope, roof's got i mean the retractable idea is off the table just from finances or whatever so um i just wanted to comment on that and i love uh i love both stadiums and uh yeah so that's that was my comment gotcha appreciate it doug that's that's interesting i haven't really thought about the cost angle of it from what my friend was telling me and he is more tapped into the minnesota scene than i am obviously there was a thought of we want it to be downtown we want the skyline Maybe there could have been a retractable roof thrown into those plans, but I think part of his attitude was, yeah, we're happy with with this new look instead of what it was. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, do it. 
Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're in the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Uh, this is Dave from Madison. Dave, how are you? I'm fine. You? Eh, you know, it's a Wednesday. If I'm being honest, I am <laughs> like I'm like a little kid on Christmas Eve right now getting ready for the Open that starts tomorrow. I'm a golf nut job, and this okay. tournament is set to exceed all expectations. But aside from that, it's a Wednesday. Good. Okay. We can go with that. What's on your mind? Um, the roof. Yeah. I think that it's advantageous for Milwaukee because being a small market ball club, when you know there's a game scheduled, you know it's going to be played, so you show up. I've watched games in Cincinnati and, and wondered how can they keep this stadium? I mean, it's hardly filled. I mean, there's hardly anybody there. Yeah, you know, you know, I've kind of found, and this is by no means some crazy outlandish uh, realization, but it's kind of that when the team is really good, people will find a way to go and see them. And when the owners show you that they don't care about succeeding and they don't care about their team performing, then a lot of the fans turn on them. That's what I've found because I've lived through good times and bad times growing up in Philadelphia where when the team was bad, the stadium would be empty. And when the team was good, even in the rain, or if it was a doubleheader, or if something got rescheduled, people would find a way to go watch the team. Right, right, right. I've been to several stadiums. I, I guess Pinnacle is in Pittsburgh. That's that's a nice view. Oh, beautiful. You know, so, talking about that. But I mean, you know, there again, the weather there is is iffy a lot of times. You know, but uh, you know, I'm I'm happy we have it. Hey, you know. I got the guys, you. I'm sure the guys don't mind playing in a lot of these places. And I'm, weather, yeah, is going to be a factor in some. But look at the wind in Chicago, you know. But that's what makes it Chicago. Exactly. I think when and, – and maybe this is a – I appreciate the phone call, man. Uh, call again. So that, that's another thing is, yeah, when it rains and when it snows, it's pretty brutal out there for the fans and the players playing. But – some stadiums are defined by weather features, such as Wrigley Field in a way. When that wind's blowing out, I mean, pop-ups are gone. Well, and what's funny, Ben, is the fan base for all of these teams, like they own their quirk. Like last night, you saw the Brewers plant their flag. It's like, this is why you got a roof. I, uh, I don't understand why you guys don't have a roof. I, it's easy for us to, you know, we've always got it here in Milwaukee. Which, and then with Chicago... For most of them, the for most of them, it's just they're watching at home. It's like, yeah, we have a roof. But the only thing that made them mad is that they had to go to sleep a little later. It's not like some drastic thing we're talking about. Yeah, but it gives us something to own. And then That's the true. Cubs fans, the way they explain the wind, it's like they're the only people that ever experience wind in their lives. <laughs> and I get it. I, I'm not criticizing Cubs fans because we do the same thing with the roof and the rain. Cubs fans will be like, yeah, you don't, you don't get it, though. The way the wind blows here at it's there's nothing like it i'm like well i i felt wind before i i get the general premise but not like those cubs fans get it you know yes like the quirks and the features of these ballparks they give us something to own and that's really it's a trap oh little misfire there was that you yeah the drop board uh drop board decided to act up today or maybe the cubs fans talking about the wind is just a trap <laughs> Uh, or yeah. the Cubs just canceling games when the weather is fine. Remember R that? Right. Yes, there is also that thing where I think we're a little too quick to the trigger to cancel these games. I think yeah. I think we could play through a little more than we do. There's nothing as chaotic as when you have to watch a pitcher try to control a baseball through the rain. 
not to mention guys trying to round first base. Like I, I know I'm drawing back to this a lot, but 2008 World Series, the, the game five, it took three days to finish because it was raining so hard. It reached the point where like second base was in an entire lake. Where like you couldn't slide in because you're just going swimming at that point. But as a fan and someone who likes to be entertained, wildly entertaining stuff. 877-867-1670. Let's go to line one. Oh, patience, people. Patience, patience. Call in again. Call in again. We'll get to you. I got a text here on our line from uh, a caller of my show, Rockin' Rick. And he makes a good point. It's a boring point, but it's true. Right? If you travel four or five hours from across the state to Milwaukee to go to a game. It is really nice to have a roof because I grew up four hours away. My family, we could plan a weekend to go see a game and we didn't really have to be ready to go on Sunday, Saturday, Friday. We could plan for the Saturday game, make a four hour drive down there, get a hotel. And we knew that we were going to be okay. And I know that's not the most exciting fun reason for baseball architecture, but it's something that's been a benefit to a lot of people that live in the farther corners of the state. Yeah, but I mean, or you could do what other people do whenever I go to travel to do anything is I look at the weather. Yeah, but you know how busy summertime is, Ben? You got family reunions. You got a wedding. All right, this is the weekend we've picked out. It's the only weekend that'll work. If you're planning and you're getting all the kids in the van and you're going and you have reservations to stuff, it's tough. I get what you're saying, but with a big family, it's easier said than done. It is easier said than done. I also think the weather app on our phones has done wonders, at least for me. Like, I was in Door County over the 4th of July, and if it had rained, I would have been screwed. There's no roof in Door County. However, I looked at the weather and saw what it was going to be, and it was beautiful. So, we'll see. 877-867-1670. Line one. You're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? This is Rock and Rick. I'm the one that sent them the text. I also put on there, what if you were taking vacation to go yeah, I oh, mean, not, not not just the drive. Listen, and and I, and I don't know how it would work. You know, if the game got totally canceled, do you do you get to come back when they're playing that same team in case it was a team you wanted to see, and then you'd get a doubleheader, or do you have to come back on a certain day? I mean, I don't know how the the refund of the ticket would work either. That that would just be the bummer part. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are a lot of angles here. And I'm not, try- I'm not trying to crap on the American Family Field roof. I think it's great. I just think the overall no, dialogue surrounding roofs, especially with what we saw in Minnesota, it's like we don't need every single stadium to have it. There are definitely downsides, as you have pointed out to Grant and just pointed out. It is hard to arrange something and then have it canceled. But I would also kind of argue that, that that's what comes with a lot of things, right? Yep. Like we arrange oh, yeah. so much and then something comes up and it sucks, but you kind of have to go with the flow and do something else. So yes, the roof does eliminate a lot of those problems, but it's also when we're talking about Minnesota and there are twins fans everywhere, but that's in the middle of Minneapolis. I would assume a lot of it is kind of closely uh, sequestered to that area, I guess. Meanwhile, Wisconsin, as Grant noted, Brewers fan grew up four hours away it's a lot tougher to get there, a lot tougher to organize. Yet, when things come up, it sucks, but that's life, right? It is. That is life. I, I prefer, you know, like Grant was talking about earlier, you know, the whatever, seeing the skyline. Obviously, baseball is an outdoor game, and I would much rather, you know, have an outdoor stadium. I'm just, I'm just saying that one other downfall would be taking the vacation and traveling all that way. 877-867-1670. 
one other thing I wanted to bring up is I think Dave Parker played for the Pirates, right? Dave Parker. I think that was the name. Home run hitter. Big outfielder. Okay. I think he played for the Pirates. But anyway. Correct. Yeah, he did. The wind, you were talking about the wind blowing out at uh, Wrigley, and he said even if the wind's blowing in, as long as you get it up in the air, it's still the best place to hit a home run because evidently the wind comes in and the way it rolls around the grandstand or something and back out, it still gives you a carry if you have it up in the air. Yeah. So anyway, he said even if it's blowing in, it's still easy to hit homers at Wrigley. I'll tell you what, there's nothing more funny, take away the homers for a second, than a really, yep. really windy baseball game in Chicago or anywhere and an infield to fly ball. I'm thinking about the White Sox because they continuously butcher this play. But there's an infield fly ball, and the third baseman calls it while he's standing near third base, and he runs across the mound all the way to first base to get it and drops it. There's nothing more beautiful than when wind drastically affects baseball. Oh, yes. I I can see that, too. That's cool. All right, Rick. Appreciate it. Yeah, you guys have a good one. Take care. You too. 877-867-1670 if you want to chime in. Uh, Grant, I teased to go into this segment, but the callers persisted, which I love. Call in. We'll talk about anything. Roofs, the Brewers, Jason Alexander. I probably won't talk about Seinfeld because I have not seen it. There is something with college football, though, we're going to talk about when we come back. The teams that can really contend this year. What does it tell us about Wisconsin? How do we temper expectations relating to all of this? That is coming up next. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, welcome back in Bill Michael's Show on a rocking Wednesday. Brewers back in action in about 30 minutes. The game will be available to watch on YouTube. You can throw on the YouTube stream, listen to the show. With the YouTube muted, I don't know who's calling the game for them, but they will be facing off against the Twins. Aaron Ashby, Joe Ryan towing off. Brewers looking to sweep this mini two-game set before they go to San Francisco. Christian Yelich out of the lineup, as I mentioned. Uh, He is dealing with some back stiffness or tightness. He will be back for the Giants series. The Brewers lineup today, Colton Wong leading off at second base, as he did yesterday. Willie Adamas hitting second shortstop, getting a little hot, trending in the right direction. We'll see if that continues. Rowdy Telez, third at first base. Andrew McCutcheon hits fourth, playing left field. Omar Narvaez, DH. They're going with the two-catcher lineup here against the Twins today. Luis Arias, third base, hitting sixth. Jace Peterson off a really good night last night, hitting seventh. Caratini doing the catching, hitting eighth. And Jonathan Davis in center field, hitting ninth. That is Aaron Ashby for the Brewers going up again against Joe Ryan and the Twins. Grant, what do you expect today? I think a good to great outing from Ashby is, I don't want to use the word necessary, but it is intensely desired given how worked the bullpen has been. We saw Keston Hira get sent down and the Brewers made a corresponding move to bring up a reliever that hasn't thrown in a couple years. They need to give this bullpen a rest, even though the all-star break is there. That's a pretty big series in San Francisco coming up. And to go into it after two straight games of taxing your bullpen would be detrimental, to say the least. So as long as Ashby goes five or six, give me three-ish runs, I'd be happy. 
I would love to hear you say intensely desired more often. There aren't many, aren't many things that are intensely desired. There's, there's few things I want more than I want a great Aaron Ashby start today. So I'm with you. <laughs> I, I just imagine how smooth and easy our afternoon would be and how my show would be to pull an Ebo and put the me in media. Yeah. If Aaron Ashby went six and a third, one run, Man, that would just make for a nice, easy, stress-free Wednesday afternoon Brewers baseball game. And Intensely your desired. And your show would start on time. We don't need no yeah. five, six-hour. But if there are more rain delays, maybe it screws your show. So we'll, well see. if there's more rain delays, we're going to talk about Roos for two straight hours. I mean. Or however long I'm on. The problem with your show is that you had it last night before last night's game. And then you have it today after today's game. So there are two games in that section. So the yes. story might not be the roofs or Jason Alexander anymore. Now the story might be Ashby or the fact that there were no rain delays. I need to work in a little Aaron Ashby and roof talk because that's content I got to take advantage of, right? Yeah. We can't throw that content in the trash. There's not much going on these days. So I want to do a little roof, little Jason Alexander, but also today's game as well. Here's the thing, just to throw it back to what we were talking about like 20 minutes ago. You read off that lineup. I just don't really buy the idea that Keston here can't get some at bats. I like Jonathan Davis. He doesn't need to play every day. Those can uh, some of those at bats can go to Keston, right? But who plays? Like, I like Chase Peterson. He probably should play every day. But Jonathan Davis, we can't give a couple of those at bats to Keston. But what you put Andrew McCutcheon in center field? Yeah, we we're gonna play Hunter Renfro in center last night. We're playing Keston here in the outfield. Does it really matter? I guess it doesn't. The defense definitely is not a strong suit. My ideal yeah. world would be trading for somebody, and we'll get to this. Mark DeRosa, MOB Network. Had a really fun trade proposal that we'll get to a little bit later on. But either bringing someone in or Keston here, it gets hot and he can DH or you move it around like that. But yeah, he, he's been hot. He's been really good against right-handed pitchers this season. In July, I mentioned, I think six or seven games. He's hitting 380, couple bombs. He's been hot, but I don't know. They wanted more consistent at bats, I guess. I don't know if I love it, but with what the bullpen is being asked to do, I understand it. Definitely. I'm with you. 877-867-1670. Let's go to line one click. Drew, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. What's going on? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going. What's on your mind? So with the roof thing, I see it as a an issue more so with how your record ends up at the end of the season. If you're having to cancel games, move games because of rain, now you're getting into – you have different starting pitching. You maybe have different lineups due to injuries for your field. Maybe you got different injuries in your bullpen. You're creating a whole different scenario aside from the game that should have happened originally. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely think there could be downfalls there. I would say there might be a positive mixed in. Let's say there are guys that need more rest and then you don't play for a day and they get it. But yes, I would say net, it's probably a positive in terms of uh, not having games canceled, not needing double headers to have a roof. Yeah, there, you could probably look at some negatives as well, but that's kind of the way I view it. It's kind of part of the game, or at least how I've grown up to know it. Double headers are very common, especially early in the season when things are canceled. And then you just go through it. That's part of managing through a full season, right? You might have a bullpen game. You might need some guy that hasn't done much to give you three, four innings. But the sign of great teams is when the guys can go out and do it. No, absolutely. I, I agree with that side too. 
Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate the phone call. Call again. 877-867-1670. So yeah, Brewers twins coming up in about 30 minutes on YouTube, not Bally sports. So the caller earlier that was not a fan of one of the hosts, I will be happy to hear that it will not be on Bally sports (laughs) today. Do you like the player interviews during the YouTube broadcasts? No, same with Sunday night baseball on ESPN. I don't like them at all. First of all, I feel like Sunday night baseball, the, the lore of it and the importance has really been stripped away ever since a rod started calling the games. I can't stand Alex Rodriguez as an announcer. I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Like you put John Smoltz with Joe Buck. That is a tremendous, tremendous booth. Everyone crapped on Tim McCarver for years and I get it, but Smoltz knows the game. You have a rod. You have a rod out there saying things about certain players or pitchers or teams that are just objectively false. All you need to do is watch them twice to understand. I don't have specific examples, but for years, whenever he would talk about a leadoff hitter, say, oh, he's so good at this and this and this. It's like, no, he's not. That's actually the one thing he struggled with. So, well, I, and that's this this brutal battle we're always going to fight with national TV uh, baseball broadcasts because it doesn't matter how well they prepare. They're never going to know the team as well as Brian Anderson, Bill Schroeder, Bob Uecker. Nobody, not even the best broadcasters ever going to be that good with our team. So we're always going to be turned off by the broadcast on Sunday night baseball or Apple TV baseball or whatever. That's tough. I just don't need the player interviews. It's just clutter and it's clunky and I don't know. Just let me watch the game. Yeah. I don't need the manager in game interviews either. It's weird. (laughs) And they did it a lot. Don't want it either. Trust me. Oh no. They did it a lot during spring training when the games didn't matter, but I don't need to hear him talk about whatever while he's trying to manage the team while he might be stressed that Jason Alexander's on the mound with three guys on base. I don't need to hear those interviews either. You mentioned, yeah, there is always a struggle with national broadcasts, but I will say it makes the ones who are good at it seem even better. John Smoltz is one of those guys. I love listening to him no matter what, because either A, I learn something. He starts talking about pitching or specific nuances that the normal fan maybe wouldn't understand, but he also clearly knows everything he needs to know about the teams going in. Like when he talks about what pitches have worked, where a guy has found success, it's not like A-Rod that just throws something at the wall. Matt Vaskersian doesn't correct him, and then you move on. Baseball broadcasts can be... Oh, am I cutting out a little bit? Yeah, you're good. There we go. Um, Baseball broadcasts can be really educational because not a lot of us play baseball at a high level. Maybe you play T-ball as a kid maybe a little bit in middle school and high school. Uh, you are cutting out a little bit. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get that set. I, I wanted to switch gears a little bit here anyway. Um, so before we hit break, and, and this is something that will persist going forward a little bit. We talked a lot of Brewers. They're in action at 1210. We'll give you updates for the game. We'll continue talking about them. You want to talk about roofs still? 877-867-1670. We're glad to take that call. Glad to talk about it. But there is something with college football that came out today, Grant. I, I think you're back. I am back. Very much back. So it is something called the blue chip ratio. Mm. And you may ask, Ben, what is the blue chip ratio? Red there red. are only 15 teams in the country, in college football, that can win the national championship every year. 
There has never been a team to go and win the national title that has fewer than 50% of their roster blue chip recruits. That means four stars or five stars. In the last four recruiting classes, let's say for this year, when Wisconsin takes the field, you're looking at 2019, no, yeah, 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021, and maybe 22. I don't know how the math works there. Anyway, you're looking at the last four classes, the classes that are still in the program. And no team has ever won at all when those players, fewer than 50% of them, are four or five star recruits. So we see Georgia, we see Alabama, we see Clemson, we see Ohio State, all of the tremendous programs always there. That's because they are on a recruiting level where their blue chip ratio, this thing I'm talking about, is always around 80%, 90%, 75%. So there are 15 teams this year, and Bud Elliott, 24-7 Sports, has it. I retweeted it at Ben Z. Kenny if you want to read more about it. But he tweeted out the article. It comes out every year. I, I mark it on my calendar. The blue chip ratio for 2022. The 15 teams who have signed more blue chip recruits than not over the last four classes. You have Alabama, 89%. Ohio State at 80%. Georgia, 77 Oklahoma, 71 Texas A&M at 70 Texas at 68 LSU at 66%. Clemson at 63 Notre Dame at 62 Florida at 60%. Oregon also at 60, Michigan, 59%, Penn State, 55%, Miami also at 55, and Auburn at 54. Now, this by no means uh, shows you that these teams will all be good. We see every year a very highly touted SEC team. For the last six years, it's been Florida. It's been LSU recently. They're not all going to be good. But the teams outside of this group, as history has shown, do not have a chance to win the national title. So it brings up a much larger discussion of where Wisconsin stands in all of this. And I've talked about this a lot, but in 2021, Wisconsin had their best rating wise recruiting year ever. They hit their ceiling. If you will, they had the number 16 class in the country. Their blue chip ratio for that class was 26% falling way short of this benchmark. And it's arbitrary. You could prove it wrong in theory, like Cincinnati, they were below 50%. They made the playoff, but the argument is even though they were in the playoff, they still were not good enough to get over Alabama and Georgia. And that is what differentiates these programs from the other. So again, that's Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, Oklahoma, A&M, Texas, LSU, Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida, Oregon, Michigan, Penn state, Miami, and Auburn. Those are the 15 schools that fit this criteria that has shown us throughout time, no team with fewer than 50% of its roster as four and five star recruits has won the national title. So basically the way I'm hearing this, those schools that you just mentioned doesn't guarantee they're going to be good, but it makes it really hard to impossible for teams not on that list to be great. Is what? that a good way to dumb that down and explain it? 100%. I think okay. there's an argument that Auburn will miss a bowl this year, given how crazy their schedule is and how their program is trending, yet pure talent-wise, they have the ceiling given this benchmark to do it. So we're going to talk about this more coming up in the state of college football, the thoughts around Wisconsin, where their ceiling actually could rise to, the blue chip ratio again, at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter, if you want to learn more about this, 
but the 15 teams that can win the national title, the article came out today. Wisconsin, understandably and as expected, not included in this. We'll talk about it next. More talk on the Brewers, some talk on the Packers, a lot more to come. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, welcome back in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels today. A lot of Brewers talk thus far. They're back in action at 12-10 Central Time against the Minnesota Twins. Aaron Ashby, Joe Ryan towing the rubber against each other. Big spot for the Brewers. They could, in theory, sweep a mini two-game set in Minnesota before heading out to San Francisco for a pretty big four-game set before the All-Star game. Talking a little college football now, switch to gears. The blue chip ratio is out. The 15 teams that can win the national title in 2022. Wisconsin not included. The benchmark set is teams with at least 50% of their roster being four or five star recruits. And yes, there. listen, there is the overall argument that stars don't matter. I think when you get to the three star rank and you're looking at one three star versus another Wisconsin is so good at finding those diamonds in the rough. I think it's hard to argue someone who's a high three-star versus a low because some of that might be there isn't enough film. They've taken a big jump, but the evaluators haven't seen it. But overall, there is the argument that stars do matter because you look at the first round of the NFL draft, most of those guys are five stars. A lot of them are four stars. The talent is undeniable. They're only 32 grant five stars a year. It's the 32 people that coming out of high school, they predict will be first round picks in the NFL draft. And they end up hitting on, I think, 50%, something close to that, which is pretty remarkable. As time has gone on, the evaluation process has gotten a lot better. I think stars are starting to mean more and more as high school evaluation improves and all these players get a lot more exposure to various camps and various evaluation services But this brings up the overall question of where Wisconsin stands. So I started a little thought experiment, and we'll hit it more after we come back from this top-of-the-hour break. But where Wisconsin's blue-chip ratio stands as of today in terms of their roster, it is obviously far below 50%. But where the ceiling lands, because we've seen them come close, right? Came close against Ohio State a couple times, almost knocked down the door and made it into the playoff. I guess I try to look at it all realistically and understand that no matter how far they get in the season, once they get to the playoff, it's kind of lost already. I don't really see them going up against Georgia and Alabama, and I'm okay with that. But I want to know what the public thinks. 877-867-1670. What's your first overall reaction to this thought around college football and about whether it affects how you view going into a year or how you view the sport. Well, even if you're not really into recruiting, if you look at the leader in blue chip ratio from the last three years, it's Georgia in 2021. Think of all the players that went into the NFL off that defense. And we still will. That defense. Yep, that's the thing. And then a year ago, it was Bama. And think of all the guys on that offense. 
we we thought of that's like, man, all these guys are going to be great in the NFL. And then the year before was LSU, all of the great players that came off of that offense, right? So you don't even necessarily need to dig deep into recruiting to understand that this is very much a thing. Watch the best team in football every year, pick a side of the ball, one's typically better, and you see it. Oh yeah, all those guys are NFL players. And that's reflected in these rankings. Yeah, and Wisconsin, the development is there. The development is impressive. There just reaches a point where the talent gap might be a little bit too much. But we'll talk about this more when we come back. It's Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. More talk on the Brewers. We'll get into some Packers stuff. It's coming up next. Stay right there. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.